message that I want to minister to you today is, Here I am, send me. Out of Isaiah 6 and 1 John 1. And I'm going to turn to Isaiah 6. And if you'd like to turn there, it's in the Old Testament. Someone say the Old Testament. Old Testament, Isaiah 6. As we grow older, we need bigger and bigger print. I told Matt Decker this morning, someday I'll be preaching with poster boards and that'll be okay. Isaiah 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. Someone say, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. That was glorious. He's big enough to fill the temple, but yet great enough to live inside of our hearts. And above it stood seraphim crying out to each other. I'm paraphrasing. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Someone say the whole earth. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with holy smoke. And then Isaiah has that moment where he thinks, oh my goodness, I just saw the goodness of God, and I am undone. How many would like to be undone by the goodness of God? How many would like to be? I've been undone by it. How many are ready for a candidate to be undone again? Then it says, the seraphim took a cold to his list, but this is where I'm focusing. After all of this, someone say, after all this, I heard of the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? That's the question the Lord asked you and I this morning. Then I, Isaiah, and hopefully you and I in this room this morning, say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Someone say, Here I am. Send me. Father, we thank you for the anointing in this house. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Let us leave change, bring to the table what you want, remove what you don't. Let me arrive at the point I need to arrive at the moment I need to arrive there this morning. Speak to us, listen to us, and speak into our ears and hearts what we don't even hear ourselves saying, but what you say. In Christ's name, and everyone said, amen. I want to read from 1 John and 1. We proclaim what we have seen and heard. We saw it with our own eyes, and he is. Someone say, he is. The word of life, the one who has life itself. In the early or late 70s, Bob McAllister had worked for Republican um, nominee, President Nixon. He had worked for the governor of South Carolina, but he found himself having a Damascus Road experience. And as he circled around in South Carolina, all of a sudden Christ became real to him. He saw Christ high and lifted up. And in that moment, everything changed because Jesus changes everything. Can I get an amen? And he said to the Lord, here am I, or here I am, send me. Well, Bob McAllister found himself every Friday night at the Federal Penitentiary in South Carolina. It was a much different ambiance and environment than where he worked in the governor's office with the plush leather chairs and the beautiful tapestry of wallpaper. But there, every Friday night, he walked the halls of the penitentiary, ministering to people out of the commission of Jesus Christ and the love that he'd experienced. He had served the governor. He had served presidents. He had served others. But he found himself absolutely caught up in restoring the men inside that penitentiary. On a Friday night in October of 1985, he wanted to get home to Carroll. He was tired. But as he turned the corner around death row inmates, he saw a sight that he had never seen before. There was a man sitting on the floor, his hair matted. There was only the sound of roaches that crawled all over his head, his face, and his body. 
but he never seemed to notice them. His uh, jail was floored, was pinned or scattered or cluttered, I guess you would say, with all manners of things, magazines that were not good, toilet tissue, everything, and the man seemed without any hope. All of a sudden, Bob McAllister stood in front of that cell. He stood there for a moment, and he looked in at who we would come to know as Rusty Wormer. And as he stood there, he said, I was never raised in church, but all of a sudden I had this feeling that I had encountered a darkness, but that the light wanted to come in. Can you say amen? And he said, Rusty, Rusty. First, Rusty wouldn't even look at him as the roaches just crawled without hindrance across his eyes. And then he kind of stared at Bob McAllister. And Bob said, Rusty, just say Jesus. Rusty, just speak the name of Jesus. The cell smelled, everything smelled, and all of a sudden, Rusty looked at him and he said, Jesus, Jesus. And Bob said, Rusty, look at what you're living in. This is not God's will for your life. All because, and we're going to come to the end of that story at the end of this message. Look at your neighbor and say, hang on. All because one man said, here am I, send me. Look at your neighbor and say, here I am, send me. You see, in Isaiah 6, I'm not going to preach the first part because I've preached it last year. The second part is what I'm focusing on. But for point of reference, Isaiah looks up and the Lord says, see me. Uzziah had died. Isaiah was overwhelmed. I'm going to tell you everything in our world wants you, Donna, to look down. Look down at your phone. Look down at your debt. Look down in your life. In fact, they have studied what we're going to look like from looking at our phones so much in the future. And we're not going to have control over our necks if we continually live like this for the rest of our life. But God calls Isaiah and he calls you and I to look up and see the Lord high and lifted up above every situation, every problem, every physical malady, every world chaos, and see the Lord himself high and lifted up. Can someone give him praise this morning? And the angels cried, holy, 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 kadash, kadash, kadash in the Hebrew, which means such weight, such glory. Without mixture is my favorite definition of holy. We were all meant to live in jaw-dropping awe of God. But this world wants you to lose your awe of God. You pass by his creation. You live in a body that's fearfully and wonderfully made. But we overlook who he is and what he's done. But the spirit of the Lord will continually call you to look up and see the Lord high above everything. He is higher than any president. He is higher than any senator. He is higher than your boss. He is higher than anything going on in the world. May we look up today and see the Lord high and lifted up and his glory filling our lives. Someone give him a praise this morning. And it says at the sound of this singing, at the sound of this glory, the foundation of the house was rocked. The posts began to move in the house of the you know, sometimes the Lord comes to shake down our foundation because he doesn't want us to build on anything but him. 
Sometimes you say, I feel like God is shaking down the things in my life. He is. I remember in 1983 when God began to rebuild my foundation of my life, and I felt he had come to kill me, but he had come to heal me. The Lord wants to rebuild our foundation into something enduringly strong, that our faith is not built on anything less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness, that our hope is not in a Republican or a Democrat, but in the Lamb of glory who takes away the sins of the world. Our hope is not in city or state government, though we're thankful for all of those and the believers that dwell within, but our hope is in the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he alone is worthy. Can you give him another praise this morning? In the year, we get to our point, that King Uzziah died. I love Ron Kaufman that he didn't say in the moment. I love that he didn't say in the day. I love he said in the year. Because sometimes it takes time to make sense out of what does not make sense. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we want to know in the moment, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my person? Why did this happen, God? We're looking for something to make sense. But sometimes there are passages of times. There's acceleration and moments you just get why things have happened or God just sings a song to you. You hear a word. But I believe mostly in our life, as I've pastored for 33 years and been a believer since I was four and filled with his beautiful Holy Spirit since I was five, I want to say to you this morning, mostly what I see, it takes the passage of time for things to make sense that do not make sense. But when we put our trust in Jesus, we know he is more than enough. Can I get an amen? And in Luke 24 and 13, we see this so clearly where two disciples are walking away from Jerusalem. They call it the Emmaus Road. And they're talking. They're seven miles from the border of Jerusalem. Seven miles from where they're supposed to be. Seven miles from where Pentecost is going to come. And they're going the other direction. I don't know about you, but I've been seven miles walking the other way until King Jesus pulled me back in and said, you're walking away. Oh, maybe you didn't walk away physically, but maybe you did in your mind. Maybe you did in your heart. Maybe you said, I'm done helping people. I used to tell Pastor Hank all the time, I'm done. He said, you're not done. Go to bed. You need a good night's rest. You're not done. Go to bed. Eat something. You're not done. But often mentally, we get going the opposite direction from where we're supposed to be. And Jesus starts walking with them and he starts talking with them. And he draws things out of them as he will do with you. He draws those things out of us. Those pain, those disappointments, those disillusionments. And he says, what are you discussing so intensely? Why are you so sad? And I love their response. You're the only one on the planet who doesn't know what's going on. Come on, somebody. You see, we loved him. He was the center of our life. His name was Jesus because Jesus kept them from recognizing him. He was a prophet. He was a teacher. But the religious killed him. And here we are. And here's, don't miss this. Here's the, here's the ticker tape. Here's the statement. We had hoped he was the Messiah. I wonder this morning if the Spirit of the Lord read your heart and my heart, what we had hoped has not happened yet. I wonder if he read our minds. We had hoped this would turn out this way, but it's going this way. Our dear Christy is not here this morning because she's going through treatments, and she sadly said, I'm too tired this morning. We all go through things where we had hoped, and all of a sudden the disciples dealing with their disillusionment, their discouragement, their sadness, they said, and everybody's gone crazy. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody's crazy. 
Everybody's crazy. Said the women say the body's not there. Said then this angel said Jesus is gone. And everybody's gone crazy. And here we are. We're getting out of Dodge as fast as we can. You know what? We want to be careful where we go in our mind and in our hearts and in our wills away from the place that God has called us because it's just a matter of time till he turns everything around. It's just a matter of time until he comes through with his promise. Yes, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a promise fulfilled is a tree of life. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise and Jesus talked with him he opened the word he told him the predictions and near Emmaus he broke bread and they realized who he was I want you to know then he disappeared but I don't want you to miss this it takes time to make sense and Isaiah was trying to make sense of something you're here this morning you're trying to make sense I'm still trying to make sense out of some things anybody with me trying to make sense out of why things are or are not but Jesus broke that bread and I'm gonna tell you he disappeared but the Bible says within an hour they were back on their way back seven miles into Jerusalem. I'm going to tell you something that Jesus knows how to get you and I back to the place we need to be. Jesus knows how to get us mentally and emotionally and physically agreeing with him and going in the right direction. If you've been going in the wrong direction, I don't know your name this morning. He's not showing me, but there are some here. I know that. I want to tell you in a short amount of time, he he can get you back to where you need to be because he brings light after darkness. Can you give him a praise this morning? We proclaim what we have seen and heard with our own lives. Do you remember that day you thought you'd never get through, but you did? Do you remember that season you never thought you'd get through, but you did? That was the Lord high and lifted up over your life. Maybe you didn't even know him as Lord. I think even in my detours as a young person, when I would venture ways I shouldn't have, I believe he was consistently wooing me back to the place he knew I would be. Can I get an amen? And Isaiah sees the I am that I am. And that's what I'm calling on you to see this morning. And when he sees the I am that I am, when we see the grace in our life that's unequaled, the goodness of God there's no rival for, can I get an amen? The love that's unparalleled, can I get an amen? The mercy that is unending, but yet it's new every single morning. Come on, somebody. The delivering and the saving power. We have seen the goodness of God in our life. You are alive today because of his goodness. And if you believe it, give him a shout of praise in this house this morning. And so we say with a psalmist who often tell their testimonies, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted. He lifted me when others rose against me. When the waters overwhelmed me, he sent help from above. He took me up out of that which overwhelmed me. Can I get an amen? I love the Lord. I cried unto him with my voice and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Can I get an amen in this house? The Lord Lord is my strength and he is my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. So I will say praise unto the living God who has restored me. Can I get an amen? I cried unto the Lord and he heard me out of his holy hill. He is my shield. He is the lifter and the glory of my head. I laid down and I slept in the middle of turmoil because the Lord sustained me. Has 
Has the Lord sustained anybody this morning? Give him a shout of praise in this house. Keep it going, brother. Make me miss my African brothers and sisters this morning. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord sustained me. The message Bible says God grabbed me. Anybody ever been grabbed by God? I can say with the psalmist, Psalm 30 and 5, one of the most beautiful scriptures in the word. His anger lasts but for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. You may feel sometimes God's angry in a moment because of your sin or whatever. He forgives that. But I want to say this morning, his favor can last for a lifetime, and he can make up for anything you've lost. Can I get an amen? You were broke, but he put you back together. Can I get an amen? You were sick, but he healed you. You were discouraged, but he gave you hope. You were faint, and you could not walk, but he strengthened you. You were overwhelmed, but he helped you. I believe this morning that we can sing of the goodness of God. We have seen him high and lifted up, and he's worthy of all praise, Becky Coffin. There's you a miracle right there. Give the Lord a shout of praise in this house we have the testimony of his goodness the safety of his presence we can say with the hymn writers of days gone by how sweet it is to trust in Jesus you see your feet have been through the fire but they were not burned you walked with him on the water and you did not drown this morning, we have a million reasons from Genesis to Revelation to trust what he is doing. Today, we can trust what he's doing. Whatever doesn't make sense in your life, speak it out loud to yourself as I do to myself. Rhonda, you can trust what God is doing. He has never failed you yet, and he is not going to fail you now. Somebody give him a praise in this house this morning. But I've got good news. You've seen it in your family. You've seen it in the streets. You've seen it in your workplace. You've seen it at the church. You've been through so much, and he has never failed you. But i got good news for you. He is still in the fire today, and he is still walking on the water. And he has nothing left to prove to us. He has nothing. One of my favorite songs by Maverick, nothing left to prove to us. But yet he still confirms and says, for all that you have seen, You've not seen anything yet, says the Lord. Someone give him a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, here I am. Send me. We see all the goodness of God and the mercy of God. And then we say, how do I respond to this Brit? Here I am. Send me. Send me. After that, Isaiah said, I heard that voice. And I said, send me. I think about last Sunday and Dole Dyke said, just love this story so much that uh, a woman's husband died. They were evangelists. He was an evangelist. She picked up his date. I have a date, and they are hard to read, trust me. She picked up his date Bible and said, if he can do this, I can do this. And she started evangelizing the nation. And Doyle Dykes, on the first night at a revival, 57 youth got saved. You enjoyed last Sunday because one woman said, I'm not going to let what I've gone through affect me. I'm going to pick up the word and do what God has called me to do. Someone give Jesus a praise in this house. Here I am. With all my imperfections, with all my weaknesses, that's what you and I say this morning. I say it to God often. Pride is something he abhors. Humility he's attracted to. It's okay to say, God, I'm a little bit too emotional. Nobody lifts your hands on these points. God, I have too much anger. I'm a perfectionist. God, I'm a doubter. I'm cynical. I compare myself. I'm a procrastinator. I noticed yesterday one of the places I get natural supplements has come out with a pill for procrastination. I thought I'll wait till later to order that. Okay, come on, someone. 
rejection, lazy. Here I am, Lord. How can someone I like me say here I am? Because when the weak are weak, we are empty. When we are empty, we are filled with his grace. When we feel like we have come to the end of ourselves, we've come to the beginning of him. Can I get an amen? And then I said, here am I, send me. Lord, send me today to the broken. Send me to the hungry. It'd be easier maybe to go to Afghanistan, Iraq, an exotic island, and win the natives to Jesus. Can I get an amen? But Lord, where you have put me, C.S. Lewis says, is the best place I can possibly be. And I know I'm going to be changed from glory to glory, which is a scripture in 2 Corinthians 3.15. But we get stopped on the two. We, we, we had this happen in our life, and then we get stopped on the two, not realizing that God is going to do new things and great things, and God is going to perfect us. Wave a hand and let the angels take a snapshot this morning. I'm going to tell you this morning that Jesus has some nerve. He entrusts this radical concept of love, mercy, and grace, and salvation to people like you and me. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus has got some nerve. He turned over the New Testament, the first ones, to say he is risen among men, besides Mary, the first woman evangelist. Peter and John were the ones that most got in trouble because they were always arguing on who was the best. But it was those two he turned the world upside down with. I'm a candidate for the kingdom of Christ. Can I get an amen? Will you be a candidate? Say amen. The apostle Paul, who wrote more than half the New Testament, as he stirred up dust, hunting down to kill Christians. But after he wrote the half of the New Testament, he entered into heaven. Woo, one of my favorite things. He entered into heaven with shouts of welcome home from the very people he had martyred for the sake of Christ. That is the kingdom of Jesus. You belong to something bigger than yourself. Someone give him a praise this morning. And this beautiful mosaic of the body of Christ. We're today, not in this house, somewhere else. Some woman sits in a suit, but beside her is someone that just got out of jail. How beautiful. Somewhere in Europe, a man sits in a custom Italian suit by someone who does have nothing. How beautiful the mosaic. Today in Haiti, nine women, we saw this with our own eyes, Pastor Hank and I, nine women will wear the same dress to nine different services because they don't have enough clothes. So they will meet each other and change out of their rags into a dress. God help the American church because the church overseas is killing it for the kingdom, is killing it. If you and I had to trade out dresses out here because we didn't have any, would we still come? God burn us with a fire that we say, here I am, in me give Jesus a shout of praise but this beautiful mosaic I'll try to calm down for a minute this beautiful mosaic is not in the buildings even in Eastern Europe where they're meeting in crystal cathedrals with stained glass still not the beauty the beauty is not in the poetic songs that we sing though they are beautiful they're skillful musicians though they are wonderful the beauty of the beauty of God's mosaic people lies in the hearts of the people he's called to his own it's the voice of the redeemed the voice of praise it's the voice of those who say once I was a sinner and now I'm not 
Once I was broken heart, but now I'm not. When that voice of the redeemed goes before the king, it is a beautiful thing. And we can say with the psalmist and we can say with the New Testament, this is the Lord's doing and it is beautiful and glorious in our eyes. Can you say amen? Today from the Isles of the Pacific where the palm trees sway to the stretched peaks of New Zealand that are so majestic, to the desert song of Arabia Desert of Saudi, to the Siberian freezing cold heart tundra of northeast Russia. There are people who are gathering and singing the name of Jesus and they're forming a mosaic all over the earth of every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation declaring we are the redeemed and the redeemed of the Lord shall say so. Somebody praise him this morning. He entrusted this kingdom to make a visible God, invisible God visible to you and I to be Jesus with skin on, to turn this world upside down. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me wherever you want, Lord. Reminds me, Chris Vernon, of that old meatloaf song that I never really understood from the 70s. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Look it up. Here's the deal. Send me, Lord, but don't send me there. Don't send me to the workplace. I'd rather like to go to Bahamas. We're preparing Pamar today, preaching. Watch their adventure. I don't think I'd be wanting to take a ferry and a golf cart 30 miles. Poor Amanda, she had a wrap around her head. But anyway, trying to get over there. But I want to say this. I'll go anywhere but here, God. I, I pulled up this week to a treatment center, and I just thought the children of God should not be here. The children of God should not have to be here. But yet the children of God are there. When Becky Kaufman was in the hospital, she should have been there, but she was there. But when we show up in these places, our response is, here I am, Lord. Send me. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm asking you for the light on the inside, which is greater than the darkness on the outside, to shine so bright in this place. If you send me to the mundane, I'll go. If you send me to the broken, I'll go. All I ask Jesus is send me. I'm going to stop saying I shouldn't be here. I'm going to stop saying... I shouldn't be there. And I'm going to say every morning, which I've been doing in this season of my life, wherever I have to go today, send me, Lord. Send me with words of encouragement. Send me with words of hope. Send me with the power of Jesus. Can you give him a shout of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, give him a big shout of praise. Josh, if you come help me, I've still got some places to travel. If you come help me. This week I was in Walgreens, ball capping it. Workout clothes, came Greenway. Sweaty, Patch said, women don't sweat. I said, well, they do. But anyway, perspiring is what he wanted me to say. I came in and I ball capping and a young African man, lovely young man, reached across and grabbed my hand. He said, I've been waiting for you to come back in here. Rhonda Davis, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, how are you recognizing me? Because you usually don't go in those places. I do sometimes, looking like that. He said, you came in here two weeks ago. I looked up your name when your rewards number went into Walgreens. <laughs> I know. He said, but he didn't, he said, uh, I don't think you know I was at the end of my rope. And you asked me, how are you doing? I said, not good. He said, I couldn't tell you how not good I was doing. But you just looked right at me. I mean, I'm just stunned. I'm even trying to remember it. After he said it, I'm remembering it. He said, you said to me, Things are going to change. They are going to get better. 
don't lose your hope. He said, I'm going to tell you that night I slept a little better, and now it's two weeks out, and I'm going to tell you, you were prophesying, God bless you. And I thought, he's going to jump across this counter and hug me. Come on, somebody. You have had experiences like that. I wish I could. I'm a mama pastor, so I like you to be involved. I wish I could share the mic with you. You have experiences like that. The kingdom of God is so much stronger than you know it is within you. Unfortunately, I've heard interviews with those who run with the caverns of darkness, the demonic, and they talk about when a believer just walks in a room, how the radiation zone is known immediately. But we get so discouraged with all that we are and are not that we forget we carry this precious, awesome glory in earthen vessels. Can I get an amen? This week, I was also reminded as I was at Garden Plaza, a man sat at our table, and he didn't want to sit with us. He wanted to sit with the independent side. There's kind of like tribes there, you know, Lisa. He wanted to sit with the, we're the assisted living people. We need help. Me and my daddy, we need help. And we were at a little dinner that they were having, and he didn't want to sit with us, but he sat with us anyway. Finally, he looked at me, and I said, what's your name? He told me his name. I won't say it for reason of the podcast. And I said, are you related to, and I said his dad's name. He was just my daddy. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I'm one. He goes, you're the one that used to visit my parents when you were in college. You used to go in there and pray with them and sing with them and preach them sermons. And I said, yes, sir, I did. Yes, sir, I did. I said, they lived on, he told the address. I said, I just want you to know my brother told me about them because he delivered papers. And my brother was worried about people that no one could get to. And I just thought, here I am, send me. And I remember on the, every week, brother, brother A would say, I want to feel the Holy Ghost and power one more time. We take our boombox in. My friend Kinnett would sing, I've just seen Jesus. I mean, she sang like Sandy Patty. We're like, we put on church, y'all. But you can put on church anywhere. Can I get an amen? And every week he'd say, I just want to feel God's power. The last, because I did this a semester before I remarried Pastor Hank. I'd been healed, but I was finishing out my semester. going to join him on the evangelistic field. I just wanted to use my gifts. And I figured I don't need to be asked. I just know where there's a need. I'll move in here. And the last time I was there, the very last time we went to pray, and I said again, oh, Lord, Brother A, he wants to feel the power of the Holy Spirit one more time, Lord. One more time he wants to speak in that heavenly language and feel heaven's power, Lord. I'm saying every week. And we began to pray. And all of a sudden, it was the most beautiful in that very old, very small house where things were going and coming, not much money, a heat that wasn't central, very cold. All of a sudden, I heard what sounded like a train coming around the station. You know what I mean? It's one of those rare times in my life. It's like a locomotive started to move around the room. And all of a sudden, Brother A, he stood up off of his walker. His hands started shaking. And he started crying and weeping under the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit met him in all of his glory. Someone give Jesus praise. You have stories about that. Here I am, Lord, send me. Send me into my home. Send me to my family. Pastor Billy was visiting with me this week, and he said often we, it's easy for us to give mercy to people we don't know. He said, Pastor Rhonda, people get in my line for healing. They just want me to listen to them. And I said, I can't. I don't have an hour to listen to you. I need you to be healed. But they want to tell their story. He said, no one's listening to the world's stories. He said, it's easier for us to give mercy to people we see in movies and theaters and people at a distance. But we don't always want to give it to people close to us because they often come back for seconds. Can I get an amen? But mercy must be given. Say, here I am. Say, say it with me. Here I am. Say it again. Send me. I've got a closing illustration I'm trying to get to. Let me just make sure I get these points in. 
Dr. Brand wrote a powerful book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. It wrecked me as a young pastor's wife. I've looked for it for years. Finally, it was, re, uh, it, I guess, republished, you would say. So I've been reading it. It's a masterpiece. But he talks about how in Genesis 137, we were made in the image of God. I mean, animals have a lot of things like we do. I mean, a horse can run faster than you. An hawk can see better than you. And a dog can smell things you never want to smell. Can I get an amen? But we are the only ones that have been made in the image of God to show the visible God. He said he works among the lepers in India. That's a whole other story for another day. But he also worked with the pilots of the Royal Air Force One after World War II. These pilots were the heroes of London because Germany's waves of Luftwaffe would come in and bomb everything. But the Air Force One, the Royal Air Force One, were so strategic, they took them down so fast that Adolf Hitler, even his frenzied brain, pulled them out of Europe and pulled them out of London because of the cream of the crop, the best of the best. But their fight pilots... Their fighter pilot planes had a fatal flaw. They were burning infernos when they were hit. And those pilots would lose their eyes, their nose, their mouths. The best of the surgeon, Dr. Brand, which was one of them, writes that we could not repair the eyelid from the abdomen. It's a long time after World War II. These were heroes. And he said, often in their rehabilitation, they would take out a mirror and they would look and see, well, that, that whole side of my face, at least there's something I recognize. That little thing looks not like my nose, but it looks like something. And they would use the mirror for progress. But then he said toward the end of what should have been their stay, they'd start saying, oh, can you, can you change this? Can you do that? And they realized these men weren't afraid of those mirrors. They were afraid of the mirrors of human eyes. They were afraid of what people were going to say to them and look at them as their faces were distorted. The children that would make fun of them, the adults that would turn away from them. These were heroes, the best of the crops. But one of those men, Peter Foster, had a different outcome of all the others. And Mr. Dr. Brand asked him, Peter, what made the difference? And he said, my wife, she was my mirror. She kept looking at me like I looked the same when I married her. She kept saying, Peter, I love you. Peter, I believe in you. God is calling you and I to be mirrors to a lost world. That we can give them the reflection that Christ loves them and Christ is for them. And Christ sees them as they can be, not as they are. As Mother Teresa said when they said, how can you touch the lepers in Calcutta? How can you do what you do? She said, I see the face of Jesus and every leper that I see. Here I am, send me. You and I are called to be mirrors to a darkened world. We're called to bring these people in. We're called to give them an image. I remember one gal that tried to kill herself in my front lawn. It's a long, hilarious story involving Kelly Goins and I because I had to call him in to help me because he lived close to me. But here's the moment. With blood flowing down her body after she'd injured herself almost to death, she looked at me and said, I see Jesus in you. And just for a moment, I was able to loosen the knife. And just for a moment, we were able to contain her. And just for a moment, she went on to be one of the greatest voice teachers and actually impacted my daughter, Christine, and recognized her gift. All because Jesus said, it's okay, Rhonda. You see yourself as weak, but I'm going to show myself through your eyes. We are called to be the mirror to a lost and hurting world. Give Jesus the praise to visit those in prison, the homeless, to help the single parent. You say, 
what was, I'm come back to Rusty Wormer and then I've got a closing. You say, what would one, my one little candle matter? I met Victory Boyd at Joni's wedding. Fabulous. God supernaturally put her in Kanye West's life and she received a Grammy for writing lyrics. She's a born again, spirit filled believer. Listening to some of her tunes yesterday, she was talking. It was so powerful. I won't be able to say it to you the way it was said. You look up Victory Boyd on iTunes and you'll enjoy it. But we say, what does one little candle matter? What is one candle shining against the darkness of the night? And maybe we want to sigh in that moment, but maybe what we need to do is prophesy. We need to prophesy over the light in our own lives that it is greater than we know that it is. It's greater than we realize it is. That one candle, when the sun of glory shines his light upon your one candle, I assure you that glory hour is waiting. Glory hour is coming. Don't give up. But like Jesus said, let your light shine. If you believe it this morning, give Jesus a shout of praise for that light that dispels the darkness. So Bob McAllister came the next morning and um, I have an illustration I'll be doing up here with some people in just a moment, just so you'll be forewarned. Bob McAllister stood there at the cell of Rusty Wormer on Monday morning. Rusty had cleaned up his cell. Rusty was sitting with the Bible on his bed, just smiling, looking at Bob McAllister. They'd cut off all of his matted hair you see, he'd been a beautiful little blonde hair boy that had chased squirrels. A beautiful little blonde hair boy that had grown up with so much abuse in his family that he began to seek favor and he founded a man named Scar who was a career criminal. They murdered many people and Rusty was on death row. But there he sat smiling. What began in that moment was a relationship between Bob McAllister and Rusty Wormer. He mentored him. He said, here I am. Send me. He began to meet with Rusty every week. Rusty began to lead Bible studies himself. Rusty made restitution to all the families. Rusty began to lead bigger Bible studies. Rusty began to tell everyone from death row what Jesus Christ had done for him. But in April 27th of 1990, all appeals were done and Rusty was led to the executioner's chair. And as he was led to the chair, Bob McAllister's last words were to him, Rusty, Keep your eyes on Jesus. Rusty, someday he will wipe every tear out of our eyes and he will take away every pain. Rusty, keep looking to Jesus. They said, the report in Charles Colson's book, The Body, Rusty walked through the executioners the whole time saying, buddy, are you okay? Are you okay, buddy? I'm okay. I know you're just doing what they called you to do. Keep looking to Jesus. Right before they flipped the switch, he said, I am so thankful that Jesus Christ is my Savior. He is forgiving me of everything and I pray that as I leave this world that every man, woman, and child will come to know Jesus and the love I have felt for him and as the switch was hit and Rusty left this world he entered the world of God, Father, and Jesus the Son all because one man said here I am, send me can you give Jesus praise this morning I want to close with this just hang where you are Matthew 25, you'll come out and help me Jesus then the king will say to those on his right, Come and be blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. 
I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. You said, here I am. Send me, Jesus. Then the righteous ones will reply to the Lord. When did we ever see you hungry? When did we ever see you thirsty? When did we ever feed you or give you drink? When were you ever a stranger and we showed you hospitality? Are you without clothing and we gave you clothing? When did we ever see you in prison? And Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it unto me. You see, it's easy today for me to come up here and let Matt represent Jesus. It's easy for me to wash Jesus' feet, the real Jesus, because he did everything for me. It's easy for me to humble myself and wash the feet of Jesus who loved me when I was unlovable. It's easy for me to wash the feet of Jesus who saved me at Calvary. It's easy for me to do this. But it's not always easy to do this. Steve Witt, would you come and help me? You see, it's not always easy to be that rope extended that's what the church is. That's what harvest is. That's what the body of Christ is. That rope we talked about in Jeremiah, if you'll stand right by him to the right side. But to be that rope extended. But you see, we wash Jesus' feet every time we give bread. These people are not representing what I'm saying. They're just representing the homeless. We are washing Jesus' feet. Can you say amen? Linda Chapman, if you come and stand on this side. It's easy to wash these feet because of all that he's done for me. But when flesh and blood comes and stand and they may come back for a second for me, it's not always so easy. But in our great queen for a day, we restore dignity and honor to women that have been crippled by life's experiences. We wash the feet of Jesus by restoring a crown to those who do not have one. Can you give Jesus a praise this morning? Can you give him a praise this morning? Julius, will you come and help me? It's easy to wash the feet of Jesus. If you'll stand right by Steve over here but not always easy to do it. For our young people, we want to reposition. This is one of Pastor Hank's jackets, one of the few I have left that we've been giving away. But we want to reposition our youth. We want to give them the posture of warriors. We want to come against anything that's been said against them, and we want to decree over them. They are the lions roaming the earth. They are destined for glory. They are destined for greatness. We want to clothe them and our children, too, into a way that they are raised up to be warriors and never walk the ways of the world. Can you give King Jesus a praise? Michael Brown, come and help me, please. Stand by, Linda. It's easy to watch Jesus' feet but it's not always easy to look at the prodigal and their chains because they're going to come back for seconds I even had prodigals come to my door that didn't even know us because they heard a man live there who loved the hurting sometimes it's hard 
to see this, but to say, I'm going to exchange this chain for the Word of God, and I'm going to raise you up to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we're going to kill the fatted calf, and we're going to say, Welcome home! Welcome home! Welcome home! Welcome home! Somebody give Jesus a praise! Someday soon, you're going to see a big sign out there. And if we move, it'll follow us. That says, you can stand all over the building. That says, welcome home. You belong here. The fatted calf is ready. You belong here. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Michael Cook, if you'll come help me and stand by Julius. We're called to restore the attic. Michael has shared his testament. I call him. That's not why I chose him. I just chose him because... I knew he would do it. We are to break. My husband convinced owners in the city to hire felons so many times it's not even funny. He would manipulate. He would visit them. He would buy them candy. He would say, you need to hire so-and-so. I'm not going to say any names. They'll do you a good job. Can they work? Yes, they just worked all day for me. They're good. Because he knew if you give a man a job, if you give a woman a job, if you stop looking at their track record and you stop looking at their past and you begin to issue a new decree, you are no longer what you were, but you are what God says you are. Can I get a shout of praise? And we put a decree into the hands of those that once were. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Debbie Brown, if you'll come and stand by your son, we are called as the church. We are harvest. We are harvest, and we're called to those whose lives have been absolutely inundated with brokenness and sorrow. Those lives, Isaiah 61 says. You see, there's a meme on Facebook that says, what would you give to live in this cabin with no internet? You should always say nothing. Because if you live in a cabin without an internet, you cannot be a here I am to anybody. Can I get an amen? It takes living among people. When people will say to me, how can God use me? I say, well, Isaiah 60 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to bring hope to the outcast, to bring mercy to the downtrodden. And the only way you're going to do that is to be among people. You can't hibernate. You can't isolate. You've got to place yourself in places where the hurting are. And we are to say to those who are broken and discouraged, take cheer and be of good hope. For the garment of praise is yours now. The garment of glory. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. I'm done, but give him a biggest shout of praise. So they're going to stay here. and But well, Jesus, someday, Jesus will stand and we will say, when did we see you? And he will say, Can you lift a hand toward King Jesus? Right there, right where you are. Right where you are. In this commissioning service that I feel the Lord has ordained for this morning. Lord, here we are. Send us. The places that you send us may not be the places we want to go, but every place our feet goes, you said, is ours. Whether it's in the workplace or the home, to the brokenhearted in the business sites. 
Lord, the people we randomly but never random meet that you're calling us to bring your beauty and your glory. We have seen the goodness of you, Lord, in our life. We have made it through things we never thought we would make it through. We have seen you high and lifted up. We have seen your peace and your mercy. We've seen all of that in our lifetime. So may our response say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me to the broken. Send me into my own home. Send me into the community. And Lord, here stands Church of the Harvest on the threshold of her greatest day yet. Here she stands on the threshold. And we say with one voice, send us, Lord. Send us to the prodigal. Send us to the brokenhearted. Send us to the youth. Send us to those in misery. Send us, Lord Jesus. Here we are Send us. If you believe that, give him a praise this morning. Now I want you to turn and I want you to get someone's hand and I want you to pray with them right now. Come on. I want you to pray with them. Pray over them. Pray over their gifts. Pray over what they have. Pray that the Lord would use it in the place he wants to, the place he put them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm holding this hand today. Lord, you've assigned them somewhere they work. You've assigned them a home. You've assigned them a neighborhood. You did all this on purpose, Lord. You chose them. You called them. You knew what you were getting into when you called them and you called me. You knew every weakness, everything that's imperfect, but you called us. Lord, as we say, here I am, send me. Open, Lord, new doors, but let us be conscious of where we walk into, Lord. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with work. We're overwhelmed with our own imperfections. We're overwhelmed with our busyness of our day. What's the latest thing? Not knowing we're encountering people that are broken and hurting and they just need a living child of God to make visible and invisible God. We want to be Jesus with skin on. We want to be Jesus with skin on. Lord, use the gifts of the hand I'm holding. When they are discouraged, use them anyway. When they are overwhelmed, use them anyway. Lord, let us not overlook the places you've called us to. We've seen your goodness. So now we say, here I am. Send me, Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing. With everything I'm not and everything I am, I am willing. Right now, Lord, we speak grace and peace and provision and wisdom and we thank you as these feet go out into the community out into the homes out into the workplaces out into the stores that we are like an anointed tracking device speaking words of life and hope and encouragement in the name of Jesus to the Father's glory and the church said Amen now give him the best praise come on give him the best praise you've given him Give him the best praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, King Jesus.